So you always want to be prepared to... To set goals. To be really disruptive. Diversity is fundamental. It is just trusting those super strengths. To recover from those failures and, and learn from them. Humility looks like the softest word, but it's kind of the hardest. We ourselves are in beta mode. Life goes on. Sporting Edge, inside the mind of champions. Welcome to the Inside the Mind of Champions podcast. My name is Jeremy Snape. I'm a former England cricketer with a master's degree in sports psychology. Since retiring, I've been fortunate to work with and interview some of the world's most successful thinkers and performers. And I'm passionate about translating their habits and routines into practical strategies to help you become more successful. In each episode, I'll be dissecting a common performance challenge to help you improve your mindset, your leadership, and your team performance. To me, our mindset is the next frontier. So let's find out why. Hello, and welcome back to Inside the Mind of Champions. Wherever you're tuning in from today, I really hope that you're having fun and that your work is proving to be a positive challenge. I've had quite a demanding few weeks spinning lots of different sized plates, so you might have noticed that the episode rhythm has slowed slightly. I really enjoy the creative process of coming up with the themes for the show and then searching through Sporting Edge's digital library of interviews where we can give you something thought-provoking for your week. But I have to admit that it's hard sometimes when you're grinding through a busy schedule to have the space and the energy to be creative. So this episode is autobiographical and a nudge to myself, and I hope you find it useful too. I sometimes see the posts on LinkedIn and other social media platforms explaining how we need to be obsessed with the daily grind with no days off to make it to the top. It's actually exhausting just looking at it. But there's a big difference between being relentless and being resilient. So today I wanted to pick the brains of some of our experts to get their advice. Let's start with former Wall Street trader turned neurobiologist, Dr. John Coates, who studied the psychology and physiology around risk-taking and decision-making in traders. He differentiates between two different types of stress. Our entire physiology is built to support short periods of risk-taking, which is the same thing as a, a stressor. But it's the pattern of delivery of the stressors that can make the difference between something being a healthy, um, experience and one that can kill us. So the problem with chronic stress is not just that it's triggering the stress response, but that there's no recovery period. You see, a very healthy pattern of stress is acute stressor followed by recovery, acute stress followed by recovery. That actually builds up a resilience to stress in much the same way that you build a muscle. You, you stress a muscle to the point of damaging the tissue, then you have a recovery period, and it's the repair that builds a stronger muscle. Well, it's the same with our stress physiology. Acute stressor followed by recovery, acute stressor followed by recovery. That is a beautiful pattern for building resilience against chronic stress. But what happens with cr- in a period of chronic stress, for example, office politics or a credit crisis at the office, Um, In the office, you can sit in a chair for months, even years at a time, suffering these stressful situations with no recovery period. And without the recovery period, this stress response can start 
acting like acid on your body. Um, it, the, the, the stress hormone cortisol will actually break down muscles and fat cells, convert them into, into um, fuel, flush them into your blood. So you get this atrophied muscles in the uh, major muscle groups. The nutrients are flushed into the blood and since they're not being used, they're deposited around the abdomen. So this is a case, an example of how a long period of stress without a recovery period can actually start breaking down your body and have exactly the opposite effects from acute stress. Acute stress and chronic stress have almost diametrically opposite effects on both your brain and your body. That all makes obvious sense when we think about building a muscle. We work hard, lifting the weights until it hurts, and then we take a rest, and then we can go back again. But somehow, seeing our mental breaks in our day or our week, we see it as a soft option. It's not the same. We feel like we can carry on with that psychological load or that um, you know, cognitive drain that we're doing. We never seem to take a break, so we almost see it as a failure to be stepping away. Whereas when we're building biceps, lifting up the iron, it's impossible to think that we could do it all day, every day for a full week. So I'm also not that keen from John's point on letting my what's left of my beach guns get eroded down and turned into a muffin top above my belt. That definitely uh, isn't something that we want. So we've got to get rid of that cortisol and make sure that we're spacing out those periods of intense um, drain and, and effort and then we've also got those um, fire breaks and those gaps in our diary so that our, our brain can recover. So that pattern of stress and recovery, hard work and recovery is definitely something that we all need to get back into our schedules. Anna Hemmings is a former Olympian and six times kayak world champion who knows firsthand what happens if you push yourself too hard for too long. She suffered from chronic fatigue syndrome and had to drop out of some major competitions in the peak of her career. Here's her insight. I don't think we do enough on well-being. Um, you see that people can, and this is what I, I experience, is that you can go so long um, pushing yourself and pushing yourself and not taking care of your health and well-being, but you can't sustain that level. And that's exactly what I did. I was able to get to the highest level, um, but I couldn't sustain it. And if I wanted longevity in my career, I needed to take care of my health. I needed to do certain things differently. And I think in the business world, people find exactly the same thing. They, you know, you're a young high flyer and you've got lots of energy and you can keep going and going and going. But eventually you can't maintain that pace and you have to get the work-life balance. You have to look at, take care of your health and it's just essential. This sounds such common sense, but the problem is that we don't see burnout and stress creeping up on us until it's too late. We think we're okay until we're not. And that's when these problems start to race in. So somehow we've and I've got to go back to basics. Sometimes we don't need to work harder. We actually need to work less. This is something that my former England cricket captain learnt from the pressure of being in one of sport's biggest roles for almost 50 test matches. It's Nasser Hussain. And now I look back and I'm commentating, you forget, the one thing you forget is how scrambled your brain becomes, A, when you're out of nick, and B, when you're under immense pressure, and C, when you have a world-class bowler running in at you. Um, so it's very difficult to switch off those thoughts. And in fact, the first thing that goes is that you start 
thinking too much. Uh, and I look, actually ended up looking at the best players. You look around in any team, and I looked at, say, someone like Alex Stewart or someone who, when he was playing well, actually worked harder and played more and practiced more because he wanted to keep in the routine. And when he wasn't playing so well, just took a break from the game, just to clear the mind and clear the head. So we shouldn't fall into the trap of celebrating busyness over impact. As a player, I probably would have been one of those players who stubbornly practiced more and more, um, you know, as my form was waning. But as I got older in my career, I realized that that was completely counterproductive. And the grind not only made things less enjoyable, but it was also fatiguing. So we weren't fresh when we were training and trying to chase our form back. But at the end of my career, I realized that it was this mental freshness and this motivation to explore and compete. That was the key factor to my success. And sometimes you've got to give your brain a break to rekindle those magic motivations. Rahaf Harfouche is a best-selling author and her book, Hustle and Float, explores the contradiction between what we think we need to do at work and what our brains actually need to be at their most productive. It was born from her own experience of burnout, so she's rearranged her whole working schedule now to fit around her personal energy and periods of focus rather than the traditional block of the nine to five grind. And she's seen stellar results. This is her starting point for how we can start to consider taking a break. One of the things that I have learned by doing the work that I do is that most people don't actually understand how their brain works or what their brain needs. And we are living in a world where we are constantly stimulated and because of our hyper productivity, we think that any time not spent doing something is a waste. So you have these little devices in our hand that are constantly giving us content that's very stimulating combined with the feeling like we're doing something so it's like not a waste of our time. And in reality, what neuroscience has shown us is that our brain needs downtime. That activities like mind wandering or daydreaming are absolutely critical parts of the creative process. And when you ask people where do they get their best ideas, they'll tell you things like when I'm in the garden, when I'm in the shower, when I'm walking my dog. Nobody says I get my best ideas when I'm sitting in front of my computer screen or when I'm on my phone for hours and hours at a time. So the connection that we need to make is that we need to be in alignment with our brains. And one of the best things you can do for your ability to be more creative, to be more innovative, to have more energy, to not be burned out, is to give your brain regular periods of what I call intentional recovery and periods of destimulation. And the easiest way to do that is to just either go outside and go for a walk or just sit on your couch, stare at your ceiling for 15 minutes. And don't try to regulate your breathing. Don't try to clear your mind. Don't try to do anything. Just literally sit there for 15 minutes and you'll find that your brain will kind of panic for a bit. Let it. Let it panic, let it wander, let it go meander, go daydreaming, go wherever you want. And what you'll find is after 15 minutes, you will feel refreshed. You might just have figured out a solution to a problem that's been stumping you. And you'll find that you have more energy to then tackle the next, the next task on your list. It's quite a paradox to think that doing nothing is actually better for our brain sometimes than doing something that's draining our energy and grinding us into the dirt. 
If we look at the natural ebbs and flows in our normal day now, we probably don't even take the breaks that are available to us. We fill those moments waiting for a train, cleaning our teeth, hanging on the phone call waiting for somebody to pick up, and we're actually using those moments to scroll through social media. And our brain is processing hundreds of flashing images, captions, hashtags. Uh, everything's there to grab our attention and we're comparing, contrasting everything in real time until it turns into a blur before our eyes. And that's our break. That's our downtime. That's what we're choosing to pick up, to relax in between our work. So I think we need a different way and we definitely need to give our brains a break. Well, I'm going to take my own advice. I'm heading away on holiday and I'm not taking my laptop. My team are brilliant at Sporting Edge, so they can handle anything that should arise. So if you see me in a seaside location in the next week or so, uh, and I look as if I'm staring out to sea doing nothing, I'm actually taking the advice of John, Anna, Nasser and Rahaf. I'm letting my neurons fire and wire together beautifully. In other words, I'm giving my brain a break. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Mind of Champions. Connect with Jeremy's LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram links in today's show notes to receive the latest insights from his work. If you'd like to get access to Sporting Edge's digital library or book Jeremy for a conference speech or webinar, then please visit www.sportingedge.com or email hello at sportingedge.com.